0: Hello, I'm Ag,
1: And I'm Leah.
0: And this is...
1: What are you on about?
0: This is a show about water. We're going to un- unravel all the mysteries around the water behind the bill. We are the water... Mythbusters. This is just about having fun. Hi, Leah. Hi, Anna. How are you going?
1: Um, good.
0: Today is a really special day for me because I have my favorite Doctor Danny Barrington in the house. Did she bring a milkshake? Oh, <laughs> we can talk about that story. Danny, welcome back. Hi. To UWA. It's been a while. You've been around. And today we're gonna talk about it's a water related issue. So Danny is an expert in wash. where she's going to tell us all about it and we're going to really talk uh, essentially about uh, Danny's work and what she has done. She's done some amazing work and amazing projects. She's now at UWA uh, teaching in Health Sciences uh and i just thought that the first guest special guest would be danny because we go a long way danny was my student at some stage you know,
2: yeah yeah when i tried to couldn't understand your accent i know
0: that was the time when i had an accent i still have an accent but it's different <laughs> so Yeah, it's really interesting. Lots of people don't know what WASH is or Mm -hmm. what. So really, we want to break it down so that people understand what they can do and how they can influence the conversation. So what is WASH?
2: So WASH is just an acronym for Water, Sanitation and Hygiene. All right. And what kind of comes under that acronym is a bit blurry depending on where you work. But generally what we're talking about is making sure that people have access to Um, all the water they need for their daily needs um, that they have sanitation so they have somewhere to shit that actually then separates them from their shit Um, and hygiene we're talking about um, menstrual health uh, hand washing which has suddenly gotten a huge following um yeah yeah, Yeah. it's been the the wash uh, in the spotlight
0: it's funny how those basic principles that just go silent for a while until we have a problem Mm. and then we start going back to basics
2: yeah but i mean the thing with hand washing too is it's not just about people knowing that they should wash their hands it's whether they have any soap and water to be able to do it as well
0: that was my next question so how are we doing globally
2: uh, not great. <laughs> not great <I> don't know. <laughs> well, not great on hand yeah. washing.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, in terms of water, we're doing better. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we did okay with the Millennium Development Goals, and yeah. we we might be able to reach uh, the water goal by uh, twenty thirty. Yeah. In terms of so sanat- you're
0: referring to United Sustainable Development. So the Sustainable goal, Development yeah. Goal,
2: yep, to get yeah. everyone access to water, safely and you managed think there water. was
0: a measurable step up
2: with the Millennium Goal? So yeah, so we we technically met the Millennium Development Goal, which was to reduce by half the amount of people who don't have water. But by 2030, what we want is for everyone to have water, and it's actually got to be better quality um, than it was before. So for the 2015 goals, it had to just be from a technology that we think is good enough quality, but by 2030, it has to be good quality water in sufficient volume and people need to be able to access it so
0: give us a picture of the access like you know obviously it's a podcast we can't put slides (laughs) (laughs) i don't like slides anyway uh they put people to sleep you know slides usually put people to sleep but we're gonna just put a picture in people's mind in terms of the distribution of access how are we doing in the world obviously in australia we're okay we have some other issues that we can talk about mm-hmm. but in australia we're okay there are lots of places in the developed world that are but give us a mental picture of the distribution of access to water this is just access to your daily needs
2: um well it's pretty atrocious to be honest wow. um there's still something like uh, almost Around 700,000 people, I think, who don't yeah, have wow. um, even, even basic drinking water. So we score a fail
0: in that one, is it? <laughs> fail?
2: Well, okay. the SDG is yeah. definitely a fail. It's a fail. I think what's yeah. even more interesting and what I focus more on is the sanitation yeah. part of WASH. Yeah. Um, and in sanitation, we originally what we wanted by 2015 was yeah. to make sure that people had a toilet that yeah. separated them from their own ship. Yeah. yeah. And now by 2030, we want to get everyone a toilet that separates them from their shit and then for that actual shit to be treated yeah. before it's released yeah, to the environment. Yeah, because there's
0: no point in just having a toilet that basically delivers your shit to the front of your house.
2: Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of what was Happen this weird aim before yeah. and we have realized it's not actually protecting health. I oh, no. So yeah. we're now... I was going to
1: say, sorry. Uh, didn't they have like this whole thing that they had, you know, some... Foundations coming in and building toilets everywhere, but they're not actually building the infrastructure to convey that waste away Yeah, Yeah.
2: Yeah. so I mean there's a few interesting things there. It's like uh, In the old system so up to 2015 people had to build a toilet that separated people um, from their shit. Hmm. But also, you had to have a certain type of superstructure on yep. top of it, yep. right? Yep. Made of a certain thing. Yep. So one example I know from a colleague in Kenya yep. was where uh, one of the big organizations, I think it was one of the UN ones, but I'm not quite sure, yep. went in and um, these communities lived around a lake and yep. they'd all built these like short um, huts made of wood and straw yep. and such. Yep. And because they wanted to make sure that they met the development goal, yep the government the the organization came and built these stand-up uh, aluminium I think yeah, toilets yeah. Um, which of course then just all blew over yeah, that's right. so instead of building them out of the local material which the local yeah. people understood was yeah. going to withstand yeah. the yeah. wind over the lake yeah. um, they built these fancy toilets to tick a box yeah. which that's then were absolutely useless. useless so not taking into account any of yeah. the local knowledge or what the actual point yeah of sanitation is. Add to
0: the fact that if you take a European toilet to uh, another culture people would not use it because mm. that's not they're not culturally um, used to this kind of toilet so the issues are more complex uh, than uh, anyone can possibly think or imagine. I mean, I know we went on and on about how important is it to have sewer systems and infrastructure because you take that for granted.
2: Oh yeah, and yeah. even in Australia, we yeah. haven't met the goal for oh, know. sanitation, safely managed sanitation. Exactly.
0: People will be surprised because, yeah. you know, because they know that at their house in the city, they can just open the tap and it flows and flush the toilet and it goes. Mm. But there are lots of places that don't have adequate access. That's really the key element here. Mm. All right, so this is... Uh, uh, a bit depressing <laughs> <laughs> but where's the hope?
2: Where's the hope? So I think in the 20th century towards the end of the 20th century there was a big focus on the infrastructure side yeah. of things yeah. building toilets, building sewers yeah. and that is important yeah. um, but probably in the last two decades there's been so much more of a focus on actually it's not just about the technical engineering side of things yeah, exactly. we need to actually understand well for first first starters there was this assumption back until about yeah. the 70s that local rural communities um, didn't know how to to uh, to voice their opinions or yeah. map their yeah. settlements or yeah. tell talk about or where toilets should be or communicate yeah. them as
0: well. so
2: now yeah. there's this much more of a push and it's much more Globally, recognise that you need to actually work with local people, yep. and the engineering comes second. Yep. You need to talk to people yep. about what they want and understand what what no, they can on. bring to this it. This
0: is what you're saying: engineering has to come second. And hold on, you are an engineer, <laughs> so it's not like you hate engineers or something. No, no, right, right,
2: I'm right. an engineer, failed yeah. engineer perhaps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but really importantly, I mean, I see that a lot in the work that we do with even our students. We say, well give us the best option or the best solution and often it is a social or education Mm -hmm. approach or cultural that even engineers starts to be to understand that the technology is available yeah you have to make it fit for purpose and I think that's really what's important
2: yeah because I mean we definitely have something to offer in terms of being technically minded and having been trained as engineers the idea is the thing to think about more is how do we execute that yeah by sharing our knowledge and yeah. our capabilities are around the technical side. Yeah. Um, and when you're working with the people who the engineered infrastructure is for, yeah. understanding what it is that they bring to exactly. it as well.
0: And the solutions, uh, if you come to people with a solution, they're usually not really the right solution. Not engaged Not engaged. So I just, uh, you know, if you can remind me of the story. You told me a story that I keep telling uh, you know, everywhere I go. I tell this story that you told me. I'm gonna remind you in a minute. <laughs> Uh, I probably told it differently than <laughs> what you told me because, you know, with the age, I forgot. But this is what you told me, I remember. You said you were and you worked with the locals and about those solutions. And one of the ideas was instead of building toilets, can you just build uh, a boardwalk so that our children can walk to school without being in contact with the sewer with the basically essentially a raw sewage mm-hmm. that's being pumped is it, did i did you tell me that story yeah yeah that was exactly. me exactly so can you just <laughs> tell me the context of that because that's a powerful example yep.
2: So we were doing some research in the South Pacific, and this particular example was in Fiji. And we were doing something called participatory action research. So we knew we wanted to work on WASH and the communities had identified that WASH was an issue for them. Mm-hmm. But they were we were working with them to prioritize where all the issues were that they should work on first and yeah. how we could work with them and how we could get the local enabling actors involved. Yeah. Yeah. And one of these settlements was tidally inundated, yeah. the mangroves next to the community had been illegally cut down, so yeah. the tide was coming further in. Right. The tide was mixed with industrial waste. Yeah,
0: which means that it <laughs> mixes everything. When water comes in, it inundates and everything, mixes yeah. everything. Takes everything, yeah. The good and, and the bad.
2: And then like we were talking about in terms of toilets that separate you for a few yeah. minutes, very much in these settlements it was, people had these improved toilets that yeah. were considered improved yeah. and counted as such. Yeah. But really, once they flushed the toilet, the shit was literally just going outside their house or into a drum next to the house which then was just filled with the waste the industrial effluent and things
0: I've seen it in so many places where you know like people's front houses are actually you have to basically step on the shit before getting into someone's house so So people
2: had a toilet to use um, but then what was happening was their kids were walking through this um, yeah toxic soup, what yeah. I call it, typhoid yeah. soup, yeah, exactly. um, to get to school and things. Yeah. So for them, they they wanted to improve the toilets, but also what they thought was going to be probably more useful for them in the short term was to build a footpath yeah. and dig some drains. Yeah. So they yeah. the community came together to dig the drains. Yeah. Uh, then in terms of the footpath, they worked together to put together a proposal where they said, well, each household will pay for a certain amount of Um, cement for the path outside their house and we'll get donations from outside of old concrete that we can make the stepping stones kind of thing for and built that through the settlement and it was just super cool and not something that we had come to mind as engineers that how much of a difference it could
0: make. And that's transformative and you see how the power of getting people involved in coming up with the solutions. So I can just imagine that situations where uh, mm-hmm. uh and, they, and it used to happen organizations goodwill there was mm. lots of goodwill yeah. they would basically uh charter planes and bring all these toilets before even speaking to people. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they thought like, oh, there's a problem with you. Oh, the answer is like, toilets.
1: You were like, you yeah, know, yeah. the, the people don't have toilets. Let's just bring them some. some like, don't yeah. give them the
0: knowledge mm-hmm. or the.
2: And or why the did it take them?
0: us so long to <laughs> actually understand that, you know. Well, there's so a bad. lot of
2: conversation <laughs> at the moment, particularly with Black Lives Matter around yeah. decolonizing yeah. the WASH sector yeah. and decolonizing yeah. WASH research. Mm. Uh, and actually taking a step back and thinking about are we just perpetuating mm. what's happened in the past yeah sure. and as you say lots of goodwill yeah but are we yeah, actually going about yeah. things in the and right money, way
0: and money being mm-hmm. wasted in a sense yeah. you know as opposed to say empowering local ngos non-government organizations to come up with solutions empowering them tra- you know training the trainers do all, doing all that work to come up with those small solutions you know that work for the local le- level because you know for a long time i think it's an engineering problem engineers thought that the economy of scale you have to make things bigger and we don't necessarily believe that small interventions can lead to a goal, yeah. which is wrong, because you can have number of multiple small interventions that will give you the outcome that you want if you yeah. get the people involved, especially in water and sanitation.
2: Yeah, and there's some cool stuff going on in Durban. Actually, my good friend Dr. Be- Dr. Becky Sindel yeah. uh, runs the sanitation technology Testing platform. I can't okay. remember the exact name yeah. in Durban in South Africa, where they're testing a heap of the different um, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation yeah. toilet technologies, yeah. and also decentralised technologies, so yeah. small wastewater treatment yeah. plants at Correct. a community level kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, and they're they're also doing a lot of the social research to go with that. So does the technology work? Yeah. Which is kind of what the um, the engineers who've designed the technology are yeah. in charge of. And yeah. then there's much more of this let's actually look at whether this works for communities is it what they want
0: so it's the adoption pathway piece that's Mm -hmm. really important and the implementation and because you can have technology i mean everyone is familiar with the Ad- innovation adoption curve, which starts with early adopters, and mm. after that, you really have to work hard to get people to adopt any technology, mm-hmm. even an iPhone. But I think something.
1: I think what you're saying is that there actually should be more of a focus on end user like focused research, yeah. rather mm. than someone coming in and saying, "I've got a really great idea to build this fancy <laughs> yeah, toilet." Yeah, yeah. So, And then finding out that actually it's too fancy and no one will actually use it. I think some of those
2: fancy toilets will be amazing in Finnish glamping resorts, (laughs) probably not quite what you need in peri-urban South Africa. Exactly right. Um, And that's why, but that is also why it's really important to actually be testing them. And how do you also work with communities to test products that you don't know if they work? There's a huge ethical consideration there um, because you don't want to do any harm.
1: but also you want
2: to make sure that they want it before you try and put this on the market or have your government buy 10,000 units and then install it for people as goodwill
0: so where are those hot spots like if we were to like we had to intervene give me the top Three places that would need some really serious uh, intervention to bring them up because you said, like, we we halved the access, so we still have the other big half. Is it focusing hotspots or is it spread across the world?
2: I think it's quite spread across the world. Yeah. I mean, we've got People also in the USA, there are lots of homeless people who don't have toilets. Oh, yeah. been, and actually, with COVID, there's been yeah. more of an open defecation problem oh, because there's yeah. all the public toilets are shut. I know. Um, and also, I was talking to someone who worked on the rail wa- railroads, yeah. like nowadays, not yeah. olden days, in the UK, and was like, yeah, there's no toilets for the wo- for the staff, yeah. so they all just go and openly defecate exactly. n- on the railroads or, or next to the,
0: in the bushes yeah. or whatever. So people don't realize that this is something that could come back. Uh, oh yeah, uh, and I it mean everywhere. it's still well it yeah. still exists in yeah, so many yeah. places.
2: And yeah. if you ask people here, you know, you go camping, what do you yeah. do? You're like, oh yeah, I squat in the bush. Yeah, it's like, right. yeah. Yeah. and and even in the um a lot of the the Hindu scriptures actually specifically are. Are, tr- are teaching people and have taught people over millennia that you need to shit away from the household, yeah. away from people, yeah. to protect their yeah. health.
0: You don't shit where you eat. Yeah, That's and how so dogs work. even
2: though there's <laughs> they get so much uh, th- there's so much racism I think around yeah. Indian yeah. people and saying oh well they they yeah, shit yeah. in the open and yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're animals or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're actually, they're trying to be really smart about <laughs> That's it. Right. Um, and now I guess it's when you don't have the option because it's so densely populated yeah, that's yeah, when it becomes an yeah, issue
0: yeah so it's an issue of densification that was gone mm. you know badly and I think uh, and, and, and you're right where nobody is really uh, uh, fully protected from from things like open defecation or you know sewer system being blocked mm. and backing up to their houses yeah. and whatever. Or oh, uh, sewer
2: overflows into rivers. Sewer and, and people are always like, yeah. oh well, look, it was an um something bad yeah. happened. What's the word? Like it was a um a malfunction. You're yeah, like yeah, no, yeah. that's exactly what the sewer overflow is designed <laughs> to do. <laughs> that's right. Yeah.
0: There is, it was designed to do. It was it actually
2: did. designed to overflow yeah, 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 in the right. need that it. In yeah. Event
1: that that in the event that it needed to yeah, overflow, like, right. don't well, be so surprised. Exactly.
0: By there's like also like extreme events that we see oh a yeah, lot with, sure. with with climate with precipitation. Mm. Even in Western Australia, you know, even yeah. in lots of places, there are lots of there's places that are supposed to overflow. We know of, uh, in terms of wastewater overflow, once a year they overflow in once a month in mm. really high rain season. So that that's. That means something about how we design these things, right? Yeah. And the capacity and all of that. But that's a discussion for another time because I, I, I think you're going to come back. You know, you're going to be a regular guest on this, on this program. But, uh, you know, so uh, tell me about your, you know, what took you today? What, where, where is your passion? I'm going to tell a story again. A few years back, we're not going to say how many years, a few years back, <laughs> you were in my ecological engineering class, remember? And, and uh, you know, I suddenly this suddenly realized that the energy in the room was another kind of teacher than I am. If the energy in the room is low, then my energy is even lower. So I stopped and I asked the class and I said, who wants to change the world? And I remember this blonde uh, young student sitting at the front, left-handed, <laughs> lefty, who put her hand up and she says, me. And I said, how? And she actually described to me the plan of how she wanted to change the world. And that was then. How old were you, Danny?
2: Oh, I'd say 21. 21. Yeah, Yeah. that's
0: right. So tell us what you told me, because what you told me is what you ended up doing. That's what I love about you.
2: So what am I doing now? So. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, said I wouldn't say i do a PhD, <laughs> and then
0: that was a pathway to something. But but yeah, there yeah. was something in your mind was about going somewhere to help.
2: Yeah, people. no, I wanted to do something useful, um, and I wasn't quite sure exactly how I was going to do that yet. I figured out um, in my final year of undergrad that it wasn't working for an engineering consultancy, so I oh. did my PhD with us and started doing more work with Engineers Without Borders, and again yeah. thought. is what i'm interested in is actually trying to make the world a a bit of a better place for others Mm. um so i ended up going to nepal for a while as a wash engineer um, and then i've worked in the south pacific for about three and a half years uh and now i've been working more in in africa i would say um but i think the biggest difference between me now and when i was 21 is that there's this cool thing called the sidekick pledge. I always talk about it, uh, or the sidekick that. manifesto, maybe it's called mm. sidekick manifesto. I, I
0: think sidekicks are amazing. Yeah. Way. yeah well, and it's, yeah. the idea
2: is that in in our trying to in our mission to try and make the world a better place, so that everyone has better living conditions, that those of us who are very privileged, like like me. Can only ever be sidekicks, and that the change has to come yeah. from listening to local voices and empowering local voices to make changes and yeah. do things. So yeah. nowadays, what I see myself more as is a facilitator of trying yeah. to get yeah. um, other people's voices to the fore, yeah. um, trying to bring in my knowledge where where it's useful, yeah. um, but really just saying how can we value everyone's contributions to yeah. as or our way of making something rather better than doing it for them. Yeah,
0: you know that's that's. That's a lot of maturity. Like, like empowering other people to actually
1: come to step up and have the confidence. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And And take ownership. ownership.
1: Yeah.
2: And that's why I do participatory research because I can't morally do it any other way. It's like I've seen so the other see,
0: side. Sometimes I refer to Leah as my sidekick and she gets, like, all upset. And I go, like, sidekick is side really cool. Sidekicks do, do all the
2: work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Sidekicks are the coolest. Well, I mean, I, mean, I didn't <laughs>
1: doubt that I did all the work, but, you
0: know. <laughs> but, I mean, this is so empowering, so really, really interesting. It's the level of maturity that you have achieved. I'm so impressed by <laughs> like, lots of people do these things, think about this uh, at the end of their career. I was talking to an amazing woman, Nadelle Brooks, that you probably know um, who works in Access and Wash as well. She's done some work. She's going to come... But with a water utility. With the water utility. And she was saying that one of her mentors used to say that his job was to make sure that he's redundant. So mm. every day he works so that others can take on whatever. And you can actually live a happy life doing that.
2: Yeah. yeah. And also I think... Over time, recognizing that there are so many wash issues in Australia that yep. I'm quite interested in yep. um, around sanitation in rural communities, but also menstrual health around the world, uh, yeah. around Australia, and things. So well, you were a
0: big voice in that uh, movement of uh, uh, r- removing the tax in Australia. <laughs> yeah. It is now done, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it it's is done. There. Yeah. Tell us about. That. Oh, I
2: don't know. That's probably a whole other podcast. Oh, is it? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, know, I can talk about periods forever. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah sure.
2: Um. But yeah, I, I just think for but me, that's a
0: concrete. That's a tangible <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. you know?
2: But another, um, uh, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, sorry, that's that's what happens <laughs> that's when, when you talk to, to an ass. Yeah. What happens?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. So just another bit of maturity, I think, is yeah. that, you know, when you're an undergrad, and you're like, I'm going to go out and save the world, and I want to travel, and especially being from Perth, you're like, there's a big wide world out of there yeah. out there. And kind of going away and realizing that there are a lot of things that we need to fix here yeah. as well and Absolutely. ways you can contribute um, from here and, and also that's, I love Perth and so I've been out and seen everywhere else now Exactly. <laughs> and this yeah. is where I want to be yeah. um, but I think that's the other maturity is we always um, think about others out there and starving children in Africa and exactly. the you know sexy side of things and also i always wanted to be a water person uh, yeah. until I realized how exciting sanitation was yeah. um, but actually some of these less sexy topics like talking yeah. about toilets and yeah. talking about our local
0: communities are actually really important. Absolutely, essential. So, you know, you say you're from Perth, but you're uh, from Rockingham. Yeah,
2: right? I'm from Rocco.
0: Where the good leadership comes from. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Especially <laughs> these days I knew Marco. He <laughs> was uh, he and so I were I wa- talking about our premier. Yeah, our it's premier Marco. Star.
2: He and I were on um, the school board together when I was in high school because you know, you I was um Oh well, I still am a massive nerd.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: But yeah, but, love him. He's a great person. Yeah,
0: he's done really well yeah. uh, as a premier. And also in this situation of COVID, mm-hmm. he's, he's really come along. So, you know, leadership comes from Rockingham. Here you go. Yeah. And we I mean, like, go.
1: and it, it, for anyone listening from Perth, like you would never, you would never say that leadership came from Rockingham, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Quinana. And, and Kwinana. Kwinana. Yeah, yeah, our deputy
2: is yeah. from Quinny. Oh, yeah. Here you go. So, so the Western suburbs be up in yeah, arms. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you Leah know. is also from the south of the river, so I'm just I'm the only one who is like a, a western well, you suburb don't, you snowflake.
1: You don't, you don't count. You d- you didn't originate. Okay, from there. okay, okay. That's a
0: whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think uh, you know I think it's really amazing to see how a, a passion for engineering, environmental engineering, can take you so, rather so quickly to making some. Immediate changes, because lots of people say, "Oh, I want to work for th- all my career to achieve a goal." But you know, I think you know, life is too short. We need to think about making that difference now. Uh, you know, I get frustrated with how slow sometimes the administration is, <laughs> and bureaucracy. In this a is world another podcast as well. I yeah, <laughs> I mean, in a b- world bureaucracy where you can make, in our, our yeah. field
1: is is rife.
0: <laughs> in, a, in a world where you can actually make difference you can pick up a phone and talk to anyone and and video uh, skype anyone in the world. and yet sometimes to make some small changes you have to take take years so mm-hmm. we really need to find ways to act and i find personally it is the passion that drives people, working with yeah. others. And it's the superstar
2: people that you find. Yeah, the champions. The, the bureaucracy is not gonna help you make change. That's right. It is the champions that you find within that bureaucracy yeah. who wanna help yeah. you actually make something so happen. So I get
0: lots of people asking me, oh, should we sh- change the regulation, or maybe it's outdated. When I look at all regulation, is actually it's okay it's the people who make it work mm. right so you know the interpretation of of, of i think things, it's, i think know?
1: i think interpretation of regulation and legislation is probably a more difficult thing to overcome because yeah. i mean the, the regulation itself is probably pretty clear cut yeah, right it's yeah. usually you know for example reduce su- some constituent below a, a level yeah, which is fairly right. easy yeah, too. To, to do it's whoever is trying to achieve it or whoever is policing it yeah. that's the or problem or making it
0: adaptable because <laughs> and, situations yeah. change do you you know because then we thought that the world behaved in a certain way but now the yeah. world has changed in a pandemic world we have to reconsider everything
2: mm-hmm. and i think too in terms of like like the world health organization got drinking water guideline uh, levels yeah. you know they're only guidelines the actual levels are different in each country yeah and that's because it is a risk-based approach because you've got to figure out how much you can spend yep. to reduce, That's right. what kind of technologies you can use, what people will put up with, yeah. uh, as well as, of course, that health yeah. side of things. And mm-hmm. it, it is about the gray lines and making it work.
0: Yeah, that's right, and pushing those boundaries. But there is also now the other layer that we, you know, we may look at the cost of technologies, but we there are some technologies that are greenhouse gas, um, bad, in a way, or expensive, mm-hmm. so which lead to basically impacts on climate change, so there's more considerations that need to go into decision making, uh, both on the short term and the long term, to, to find that balance. It's not anymore about the cost, it's about the cost to the environment the cost to people in the long run because mm. if you get the cheap technology but it ends up being the most um you it, know, it, it hungry, can be really overwhelming hungry. though it does i, yeah.
1: I mean I, w- I would say that it's probably i think we're probably moving into a phase particularly uh, probably i would say in wash but then in, in the water industry in general where we're trying to bring that conversation of you know what are the l- wider implications on the environment climate other people at the beginning, mm-hmm. rather than as a tack on at the end. I mean, yeah. I know, I know, like when you and I were just, like studying environmental engineering, Danny. Like we were kind of like the people that would come into the conversation. Like we've always told, like environmental engineers are brought in kind of near the end, and the yeah. idea is yeah. that we need to be brought <laughs> in and make the sure they do stop. the environmental yeah. assessment. Right, exactly. Yeah. And tick the tick boxes. Tick, the boxes. tick the box, tick the box. And I think now the focus is shifting yeah. to having that voice early on, early on, yeah. or mm-hmm. at the beginning, or perhaps yeah. even the one that's starting the conversation Yeah, and I think so
0: certainly you know I think with uh, the socialization of, uh, of United Sustainable Development Goals which I've been promoting United Nations United. you always United. do this do you always go, forget yeah. the nation Okay, part. United <laughs> Nations Sustainable Development Goals SDGs <laughs> um, uh, I think people started to to try to empower themselves to look through those lenses and I think that's going to be a good uh, in the future because I do remember 20 years ago the sustainability conversation was basically compliance based yeah so I do remember we use in any form the government at some stage just put up these forms in any project that you put you will have like three boxes mm-hmm. environment, economic, social and I remember at that time and lots of people told me in other organizations, you write a statement and you copy paste that statement mm. to any project. Yep. So it wasn't really about the project achieving those triple. Yeah, but well, so oh. can I? Can I like yeah.
1: pick up on that compliance thing and then yeah. pick it back to? have something danny is spoke compliance about because we said
0: here no big words in a podcast yeah, well, compliance, is compliance is
1: just meeting like a guideline yeah. or something so i was yeah. like to pick up on that and link it to something danny said earlier like with those building of toilets like those fa- those aluminium toilets for a yeah. compliance yeah, yeah. yeah, a yeah point yeah. of view like we're ticking the box yeah. and saying yeah we've built them yeah they right. failed
0: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. because someone would stand in front of a microphone in the media if they're us you go like we didn't break any rules yeah, you we said, complied. We, we, know, did, we, exactly. we did what we did. What we said. On, on we a bit
2: of do. on a bit of a tangent there, yeah. yeah. when you say about them failing. So um, one of my big passions that I've been working with a couple of my colleagues in Wash around the world on, has been trying to get people in our sector to talk more about when we fail,
0: yeah.
2: not just at the pub,
0: yeah, yeah, um,
2: yeah. but actually being really clear about things that didn't work and yeah. why they didn't work and how yeah. we need to learn yeah. from them. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it can be scary if it's because you didn't comply or whatever, yeah. but. Oh, we're never going to learn and the problem is yep. that we talk about you know invention or we need to keep failing and failing and failing to invent the light bulb yeah, or whatever yeah. but when you fail in wash you impact on people's lives yeah. people can die
0: what do you the think people are afraid of failing or they don't share the idea of failure why do they not share those ideas like the stories where they Well I, I think yeah. part of it is
2: popular. is feeling yeah. a self esteem yeah. thing yeah. and um feeling like you you can't yeah. talk about it for that reason
0: or or writing a paper hey people we failed yeah. <laughs> it's not
2: really
1: something you like to publicise, yeah, right? I mean, exactly. I, feel, I feel like I get this question from students because, yeah. you know, like these days, like people are always afraid of failing. They're yeah. always like yeah. af- like yeah. afraid of taking that step. And I was like, I think failure is a gift, really. Yeah. And that's... Yeah. If, yeah, if you're privileged
2: enough to be able to fail. Yeah, if you're right.
1: privileged enough to be able to fail, you shouldn't also then be intelligent enough to realise... That, that is something that's given to you to learn from. That's right. And, you so, know. what do
0: you guys think about this notion of this jargon of fail fast, oh, fail, fail forward, it, it'll fail forward? Yeah, it's a good one.
2: Uh, depends what fast. it is.
0: Yeah.
2: I um, don't spend I f-
0: your time fail slowly. Just <laughs> get well, it, I mean, get I mean, it I, out,
1: it, I, I, I mean, if it's a crazy idea yeah. and you're like, okay, well, I have to get it out of my head. That yeah. you know, <laughs> it, it is good to fail fast yeah. in that sense, yeah. Yeah. like yeah. because then just you something. because then you've based you've you've you know like you've disproved that notion mm. that you had that stuck in your mind that failing fast yeah, or yeah. I, is is good. So that's
0: actually quite dangerous because most of the time what what happens is when people think they've done the wrong thing they try to cover it up.
2: Yeah. So we need to try yeah. new things. Yeah. When we're trying new things because that's the only way we're going to make progress. Yeah, right. When we try new things we have to really think about the ethics of whether yeah. we what we're doing and why ethics I don't mean the form with yeah, the boxes. <laughs> 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 I mean the actual ethics of what can happen yeah, if this yeah, doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Um we have to figure out what we're gonna do if it doesn't work. Yeah. And then when it doesn't work, if it doesn't work, yeah. actually tell people yeah. that.
0: So they don't try it. So that it they need to try
2: it again they, yeah, with trying. someone else. And I yeah. think yeah. and I think there's also a bit of fear in our failure in our sector, probably in all sectors, because there's so much donor money involved and yeah. people are worried they'll get blacklisted if they talk about right. not doing well. Okay. I um,
1: see. But, but I mean the only way that you can improve is to fail. Yeah
0: and to and to and learn from it learn, well i mean le- like, the, lesson learned. like i think yeah. i usually
1: tell students the example like if you gave up on trying to walk when you fell down when yeah. you're a toddler <laughs> you'd be crawling yeah, you, no you would never have learned how to walk so that's great. So.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm giving a talk to early career researchers in a couple of weeks, and yeah. I'm going to focus on all the jobs I didn't get and the yeah. grants I didn't get. Because yeah. yeah. you can see my CV and say, oh, look, she's ended up back here, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. here are all the tears yeah. along the way.
0: That's right. <laughs> well, so, I was
1: like, just thinking of failures, and you yeah. brought up WASH failures, and I and thought in the back of my mind, like do you, do you ever have that fear in the back of your mind that you will fail so badly in a WASH initiative that the community will just be like no this is not worth our effort
2: oh for sure and that happens all the time um and it's also about because i do this participatory type of research you have to build rapport with communities and say well we're going to do this and we can't guarantee that it will work and And we've got to do it together and we have to all
0: we have to own the the risk yeah yeah so that's kind of what comes to my mind is that initiative that the government of Australia started at some stage around the insulation of houses, <laughs> and <laughs> that was a went run. wrong. That was a great yeah? failure. So the idea, the idea, the idea was it's it's a good one, right?
1: Yeah, it is so, a good one. You know,
0: so if you subsidize uh, houses, uh, people to insulate the houses. Then uh, essentially you will save on energy significantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, you know accidents happen, tragic accidents, like really sad. It killed the program. Yeah, like
1: I think it was uh, yeah. was it the flammability of yeah, the insulation yeah. and stuff. But yeah. the, because another one, I suppose. It so the
0: idea to... itself was fine, but the execution was.
1: Well, uh, mm-hmm. I can give you like a. Yeah. An example that's kind of the opposite of that—that that was actually a real success, but in an, in actual fact is kind of a failure. Yeah. So the Australian program for solar panels on yeah. roofs yeah. has been a massive oh, yeah. success, yeah. such a massive success. Depends how you measure
2: your success. Yeah. That's yeah. another yeah. thing. You know, like yeah. It's like
1: uptake by the public has been huge. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is, is that now we have or we don't have the right infrastructure to take to on. To support
0: it. To support like, that. Yeah.
1: So, you yeah. know, there's there's so much energy being produced from these per, yeah. like household solar panels. That it's becoming a risk. That it's becoming a risk to our power networks because yeah. they're not built for that. Yeah, yeah. And because
2: there's no one paying for the power grid to yeah. actually upgrade the power grid. Yeah. Because yeah.
0: yeah. 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 so, uh, those investments are huge. And I think because why? Because we're thinking centralized systems. If we start thinking microgrids and my both yeah, of water I mean, I and think, energy conversations will open. I,
1: th- I think there it's perhaps just the short sightedness of saying, okay, you know, like the short term, you know, gain here is yeah. yes, everyone's going to take up yeah. solar panels, but you forget about what are you going <laughs> to have to do for like yeah. future planning. So, I yeah. suppose, like thinking a little bit more than I don't know five years in advance yeah. like you have to think of like beyond the, the political s- cycle yeah That's like right. you have to think of like the succession of what's going to happen after yep. that and I mean yep. we've, we've had conversations about succession planning like I know. the same kind of yeah, thing you know like so what, what does what does what should the picture look like you know ten years and, from and
2: now? what could happen so yeah. these yeah. things we've been talking a bit about with the wash failure stuff is doing pre-mortems of your mm. project and saying yep. here are all the ways it could fail that we can mm. think of at the moment mm. and what we'll do if that mm. happens mm. It's um, like
0: risk assessment. I mean it's yeah. a blunt way of yeah you know, we do a risk assessment and we look at understanding our risk because lots of people say you have to take risk. Well, I don't think you have to take risk. Is there risk. is there enough you like, have to understand your risk profile. Yeah, but then oh, but Anything then as well do.
1: like making plans that I suppose have some level of flexibility yeah. in them so yeah. that you can adapt them adapt if you do last, fail. Yeah. Or like all mm-hmm. that can easily be tweaked along the well, way pivoted, as pivoted the, the new you know, term right. with yeah. COVID
0: okay. times as, uh, we pivot. as we pivot <laughs> that's a great one so look we talked about bad news and about failure what is success give me a success story let's finish with the success, success story. story that the your your mic drop moment in your career <laughs> so far oh okay I'm sure there are would be where plenty. i felt
2: i did the most useful stuff was again a community in fiji and um only a few of the houses. so this is an informal settlement yeah only a few what of. what do you houses. call
0: inform what does it mean Pick, give us a picture of informal so it
2: can settlement. mean different things in different yeah. contexts yeah. in this case the land was i think it was government land yeah. Yeah. uh and people weren't supposed to build on it okay but also in in fiji they were quite the council was quite um they recognised that people were living there. They yeah, were living yeah, there because yeah. they wanted their kids to go to school in the yeah. urban centres. They wanted yeah. to make enough money for that.
0: Yeah, so it's very urban kind
2: of. Yeah. yeah, and so they first of all they can't have sewers because yeah. technically that you the, can't have yeah, to yeah, sewers. Yeah. it's flood, it's waterlogged land. Yeah. Um, but be- particularly because there is a um there is a human the human right to water is enshrined in the constitution of Fiji. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so for starters in this community a few households had a water supply like yeah. a water meter from Water Authority of Fiji yeah. Yeah. Um, and then from there they had pipes running all through the community through the typhoid soup yeah, that's right, um, uh, and then split off to different households and yeah. people would buy water off other households and yeah. some people would yeah. be charging more than others
0: so they have their own little co-op system
2: yeah yeah um, but really it turns out that once we got the community, and we got the water authority, um, and we got the the local council and such all in the room, it worked out that in that community, everyone was actually entitled to their own water meter. Um, so, yeah. If not free installation, it was very reduced yeah. Uh, yeah. fee for Sensitized. them. And right. so, but they didn't understand, or they didn't know that they were entitled to that, and they yeah. didn't know how to fill out the forms and things. Yeah. So actually, all we really did there was... We worked with um, bringing the people, bringing the various actors together to fill out the forms to get everyone the water meters that they were entitled to. Yeah, um, and then the local chairman of that committee there, he sorted out who was getting their meters first, who needed it the most in terms of, um, you know, did they have small children, that kind of thing, and we got water connected to almost all of the households in that community Mm. without me doing any engineering um, or really anything except bringing people together and kind of helping understand where the issues
0: are. But it's that immediate impact. But then
1: I guess suppose you find out a lot of the time it's just getting the right people in the room. Exactly, Mm. yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: There There was no need for
2: us to... We didn't have any money to do infrastructure anyway in that
0: project. Um, The trust as well. Because if you inspire trust, I think there's people feel... Comfortable making decisions or talking to people that they trust. Mm. So how did you how did you, did you build a rapport with people that you haven't met before? Tell, tell us about <laughs> that. So
2: my my main thing really is just to talk. Because I would
0: trust you if I haven't never met you before. <laughs> I, there's something about you that I will trust.
2: Because I talk to people like they're humans. Um, yeah, that's a good dismiss one. Dismiss all hierarchies. Yeah. Ask people about their families. Yeah. And their yeah. lives and what yeah. they're interested in. Um, And really I mean that was the main thing was just hanging out a lot with the people in the communities to genuinely understand what it was they wanted talking about my life I think there's so much of a we should separate out our personal and our professional lives but particularly in what I do it's very much part of my personality and what I want to do with my life yeah so I'm quite happy to talk about um, my family my husband um, how power structures within families might be different in Fiji to Australia. Your dog, my dog. Oh, everyone gets to hear about my dog. Um, Mr. Cooper. <laughs> it's Sir uh, Cooper. Oh, so Sir. sorry, 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 <laughs> Sir. Cooper. Um, yeah, but yeah. really, just uh, yeah. okay. So, really, this is my slogan, is yeah. don't be a dick. Yeah.
0: Just be a I'll nice person. Yeah, just, exactly. Yeah.
2: Just deliver on what you say you will, be honest. Yeah,
0: and be a human. Yeah. I, I wish people were... I like, guess, just be relatable. Anyone. Yeah. Relatable. I think this is like magic advice that you can bottle and sell <laughs> to the world, because lots of leaders need to understand that beyond all the, the fluff and the protocol they, they must be human, mm. that people, everyone can relate to. And humans relate because you can talk about yourself in a humble way. You, you're interested, generally interested in them. And I think that's how uh, trust can be built. And trust is a big, big one because in this time where you know we're kind of losing trust of institutions we're trust of systems of government well i mean it's a
1: stressful time
0: it is no i mean i think the shift of trust is is has sh- shifted a while ago because people know, are not really trusting organizations. They trust in a uh, 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 company like Uber. They give them their detail, but the government, they wouldn't give them their <laughs> detail. So there is that, that shift of trust that uh, comes from the fact that, you know, maybe our leaders are not relatable. And COVID you know? safe app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bought yeah, everything no. on Facebook, but the COVID safe app, no. no yeah, no there's right. not, you know, because, oh, just in case the government knows where I'm going, but everyone knows where you're going. <laughs> I mean, they already
1: know. Yeah, like you buy a coffee, they a know
0: p- where you bought a coffee. I
1: mean, like, you don't you think your bank is like <laughs> tracking yeah. where you go? Yeah, you could, right. like, you know, yeah. it's, it's
0: silly. Yeah, yeah. so if Danny gives me a gift of like $2,000 now that she's rich. Doing what? Toilets will don't happen? make you rich, the guys. The government <laughs> goes into my account and they go, like, excuse me, where is this $2,000 from? And then Danny will have to write to me a letter to say that was a gift. <laughs> and, and I, you know, and us didn't work, didn't do some illegal work or something. It's really, I mean, like, you can't okay, read really uh, it. We, we You're d- getting we, off topic here. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. so <laughs> we're, we're
1: way off topic. Just, just in case you get any ideas, you don't get into wash or the water industry i think <laughs> to make money no and we we do it to oh, make a difference of not, course and we don't bribe people
0: <laughs> and we don't we definitely don't yeah. bribe
1: people because yeah. you know everybody deserves water this, and it, shouldn't, been, it this, shouldn't be yeah. it shouldn't be a, a really crazy process yeah. to get there yeah. this,
0: this has been so much fun danny uh, please come back danny such a <laughs> pleasure to have you uh, what are the next topics we're going to be talking about? We have period, a, at least. Periods, period. menstrual period. health, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, this is... this is a uh, Can you talk
2: about incontinence as well?
0: Yeah. Oh, oh that'll okay. be cool. Yeah. 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 I also yeah. think that we... It's really a water-related issue. Yeah, but
1: we, <laughs> But I think we also need to enlighten our viewers as to the milkshake reference that I made earlier. Oh, yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> oh, so, okay. So yeah, when, when I was... tell us the story. Yeah, yes.
1: so no, we'll leave that for another time, Danny. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. We'll leave that for another. It'll be a good opening for your next visit. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
1: So we'll leave it there, guys.
0: Alright, thank you so much for listening.
1: Thanks, everyone.
0: Alright, cool. Well, we finished this okay, one. Bye. Yeah, bye.